0: Alright, alright. Welcome to another episode of Words with C. I am your host, C. Today I have a special guest. My friend Jay, who also goes
1: by Swoop the Prophet, is joining me. Um, Swoop the Prophet talks to people. What's up, guys? I am Swoop the Prophet. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Swoop the Prophet. Um, I am a sophomore political science student at the College of Charleston, with a concentration in politics philosophy,
0: um, today's topic is actually one that kind of veered. Initially, we were going to talk about how you know it's not your job to bring to fruition the people, the perception of you that people create in their heads, or the version of you that they've created for you to be. Um, We're still kind of going to stay on that path, but today we're going to talk about expectations versus reality. So I feel like a lot of times we as people create an idea of who someone should be or who we want someone to be in our heads. Um, Whether it's just by seeing their social media, whether it's by reading what they write, you know, and I in our heads, we've created who this person is. We feel like this is who they are. And granted, you know, perception and perspective varies among people. There's no two people in the world who are going to look at you the exact same way. But I also feel like there's a thin line between your perception of someone and creating a false reality um i feel like one of the greatest expectations you can have for someone that also will never hurt you is genuinely knowing that person and expecting them to be who they are nothing more nothing less once you get to know somebody you know you know what to expect you know how they are and that's just it like bottom line no more no less they can surprise you but that's really it versus you setting these standards for somebody that you really don't know and then in the end being disappointed by something that you initially created yourself
1: um yeah definitely just to piggyback off you um a lot of the time we rush into things and we, again, we have these expectations that we have for a person. And once that honeymoon phase is over, where it be a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship, we realize that that person is in no shape or form the person that we expected them to be. And it really gives us a reality check. And then sometimes we have a tendency to blame that person because they didn't meet our expectations. But we can't fault that person because they're being who they are. They're being their genuine self. We have to blame ourselves for having this misconception in our mind. I think a lot of
0: times even even beyond the scope of like you not knowing somebody. Like you mentioned the honeymoon phase. So I don't care. What's going on? Every relationship has a honeymoon phase. Be it romantic, be it a job, be it a platonic relationship, be it a business relationship. You know, every everything has that stage where you're just oh so happy and you just, you're excited and all this other stuff. And then further down the line, you know, it kind of fades. I think a lot of times we get blinded by what could happen what could happen or the idea of something like and it's it's so exciting for you and the possibilities are limitless but at the same time you know you're not realistically taking a moment to sit down and observe and and be like okay this is this this is that this is that you know and in the end like you said you you're disappointed when you create these false realities you also create this idea of how things are supposed to go in your head and that does not always work out like you can have this whole fairy tale ending in your head and life is like i mean it's cute and all but Life will throw you a curveball. That and ain't finna happen, right? kid.
1: You know what I'm saying? And people don't understand that. People think that what I have in my mind, it's going to manifest. And while speaking things into existence is a real thing, it's not always going to work out in your favor. And you have to realize that you can't force anything to happen. And even going back to the whole honeymoon phase, with I'll even give an example of my job. When you first started a job, or when I first started my job, it was like, oh yeah, this is gonna happen. I'm gonna love my co-workers. I'm gonna love my boss. My pay is gonna be exceptional. I had this whole financial plan ready to go. And, and then life was like, lol. Right. LOL. Life was like, fuck no, this is what's about to happen. And it humbled me. And a lot of people don't even get humbled by their situations. They take that shit and they bring it to the next situation. And the next situation. And the next situation. So they end up in a cycle of disappointment. And it's really... (laughs) going going on a tangent. It's turned into a generational curse. Because everybody has these false realities. But nobody knows how the fuck to get out of them and think for themselves and think holistically. So they're not cursing themselves the damnation of sadness.
0: I don't even... Just doubling back on something you mentioned, I think you talked about how before you said everybody has the honeymoon phase. Um, you talked about how life will definitely humble you. Now, I feel like when you have these these expectations, you know, and I'm not in no way, shape, or form saying that expectations are, are wrong to have. Because right. that's very unrealistic. You're going mm-hmm. to have expectations. no matter what. I feel like. There's a fine line between having expectations. And then accepting something for what it really is. Mm-hmm. And when you. Matter of fact it wasn't humbling. It was what you said about manifesting. When you. Try to. Because I'm not. I'm not going to. I agree with you to an extent. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say everything you want doesn't manifest right i feel like a lot of the times we as humans have this this idea in our heads like this is what i want Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's given to us to make us see okay that's that's really not what you want and i feel like i can only speak from personal experience there was a time period where I was involved with someone and I was praying for all these things and I wanted all these things, but I was praying for all these things from that person. I had all of these expectations from that person. You know, I didn't want it to be anybody else. I didn't want it to come from anybody else. I wanted all of this in that one person. And I feel like for me, that was a wake up call. Like, You can never force somebody to be who you created in their head. And another thing I feel like aligns with that is potential. Yes. You always see the the potential potential. and who people could be. And that's not wrong. But you cannot base everything off of the potential. Because you seeing the potential in someone and someone using that potential are two completely different things. You seeing someone can potentially turn around and be this amazing person. They can be compassionate. They can be loving. They can be caring. They can be this. They can be that. But if they are not willing to put in the work to be emotionally available, available like they're not putting in the work to be emotionally available. They're not putting in the work to communicate, like regardless of the nature of you guys' relationship, you can't make that happen. You can't force this person to, to elevate to a level that you feel like they're able to achieve if that's not something they want to achieve if somebody is content and being stagnant that's where you have to leave them and I feel like a lot of times people are not willing to accept that people are like all right I know you can do better I know you can be better I want you to be better what about what they want if they're happy where they are while
1: you're beating a dead horse literally And I think a wake-up call for people needs to come where it's like, you're trying to be this into that person. They might just be a mirror reflection of what you need to do for yourself. I feel like
0: everybody is definitely a mirror reflection. I don't care how you cut, slice, or dice it. Everybody is always a reflection of you. Like, for me personally, I had a wake-up call actually a few days ago. You know, I am 22 i 22 years old, and I, I won't even say recently, within the last, well, recently, actually, within the last year and a half or so, I realized that I attract emotionally unavailable
1: people. Girl, me too.
0: <laughs> I attract some of the most emotionally unavailable people, and, you know, the other night I was laying down, and I was like, you attract these people because you are emotionally unavailable yourself. Let me tell And you. it's Twitter-
1: Twitter is a bitch because I just saw that
0: on Twitter and I was like, you're not gonna read me for food. It's not, but it's not even me being emotionally unavailable as a, as a whole, because I've done some work, but nobody is perfect. There's always work that can be done for me. You know, a reality check is yeah, you're, you're emotionally available when it's conducive to you. Exactly. I am emotionally available as long as it is conducive to this fairy tale that I have planned out in my head. As long mm-hmm. as it is conducive to, you know, my plan, not even my plan, as long as it is conducive to anything that is good. Yeah. And for me, I realize, you know, that in itself is not good. I have such in a fixation on being healthy. With the people that I'm with that I negate the, I won't even say the negative things. I negate the issues that need to be fixed and just sweep them under the rug because, you know, they happened. And I'm not going to say I don't like to talk about it because I do love to talk about them. But for me, I'm I'm not the type of person who... Is going to be like, this is what you got wrong. This is where you got me fucked up. Like, <laughs> yes. that's just it, point blank, period. I've, I've never been that kind of person. For me to come to you and be like, okay, this hurt me. This is how I feel. This is what hurts. You know, this is what's bothering me. For me, that's a place of vulnerability. And not only is it a place of vulnerability, like, I have already had to talk to myself three or four times because... In my mind, it's either going to be taken the wrong way, Mm -hmm. it's going to be dismissed, or it's just going to create a landslide of issues, and I hate that. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it so bad. That's a
1: generational problem, because with just generation, every time you try to bring up an issue that you may have, whether you bring it up in the nicest way or the not so nicest way, people always take it and they... Run with that shit. Like, I understand we have one issue, but then you bring a multitude of issues that may or may not be applicable to the whole situation, and it starts this whole fire of why the hell didn't you speak up when you needed to be? And it goes back to your, um, what you were saying about being vulnerable. People take that vulnerability and they run with it, and that causes a landslide of emotionally unavailable people. All you're doing is creating a multitude of people who are not going to treat each other as they should be treated. You're creating an endless possibilities of disappointment. Um,
0: me personally, in my book, I talked about how how I observed a lot from my parents' relationship. Like, it's just this one segment, you know, I talk about how my parents Had me in high school. They were, you know, seemingly young. Got married the whole... (laughs) The whole nine yards. And once again, my parents got married young. So you can't expect somebody to... No, not even to be the same. You can't expect them to have it all figured out how to have that great marriage, that great family. My parents were teenagers. They were literally 17 and 18. they, They were young, you know? So... um. One night when I was thinking about that I actually realized, you know, I've always said I I personally cannot date anyone like my father. I love my father to death, but I just I know me. Mm-hmm. And I I would not date anyone like my dad. But in the same breath, you know, me trying so hard not to be in a relationship with someone that's like my father. Mm-hmm no I've turned into my uh-huh. mom my you know when you when you hurt somebody they build up all of these like defense mechanisms and oh, yeah. my mom is one of the strongest people I know shout out to her always Amen. um but my mom also is very very independent my mom always has been very independent my mom has always been a If it needs to be done, like I may ask somebody to do it. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to do it. And that's going to be it. My mom has always been that person for us. And my mom and I talked. Matter of fact, before I published my book one night, my mom and I talked. My mom is 39 years old. And she is learning how to not be so independent. She's learning how to allow other people to... To help out or to lend a helping hand without feeling like it's something that you're going to have to pay for in the end. And you know, me being 22, like this is solely speaking on romantic relationships. I have always been a very independent person. Not because I had to be, but because that's what I saw growing up. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to do it by myself or if I have to call on anybody, I'm going to call on my mom because that's who's always been there when I, when it wasn't me, when I couldn't, you know, um, and I am recently within the last two years getting to a place where, you know, I'm like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to to show the size of yourself. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, you know, let people know, okay, this is how they make you feel. Now, in the same breath, that scares me because I have been in several situations where I feel like I'm I'm telling you what's bothering me. I'm telling you. How I feel. And for me. Like I said. Communication is a big thing. So. If you come to me. And you tell me. This is how I feel. This is what's bothering me. Me. I'm going to. To try to. Figure out. What we can do. To. To reconcile that. What we can do. To get to a place. Where we both feel like. Okay. We're good. We're in a headspace, And. And. I shut down very easily. I do not take constructive criticism well at all. I never have. But getting to a place now where I'm understanding there's a difference between constructive criticism and, and somebody just attacking you and learning to differentiate the two, not only learning to differentiate the two, but learning, teaching myself not to shut down when that happens because it does not help either of us in the same breath for me when it comes to me talking to other people or me you know bringing up what's bothering me you know I feel like I have the expectation of of reciprocation and that that often bites me in my ass because the amount of work I've done It's not always in alignment with the amount of work someone else has done. Just because I don't shut down, I can't expect somebody else to not shut down. Just because, you know, I don't, just because I communicate in a way that is like, we need to figure it out, how this is going to work, XYZ, like I'm trying to look at it from a perspective of both of us, don't mean I can expect somebody else to do it. And that frustrates me so bad. It, it, It is becoming, I will not say the plight of my downfall, but in this like particular area in my life, it's becoming a lot for me. Um. Not only that, but lately I've found myself saying or telling other people or feeling like other people are doing things because... Someone said something, you know, like not even from a a clarity perspective, like me, a lot of my, my clerical moments come from me thinking to myself. So recently there have been situations that have happened and, you know, I've gotten apologies, but I've found myself also being like, I don't want an apology because someone else told you that you were wrong. Not because you actually thought it out. You see, okay, this is where it went wrong. Mm -hmm. This is where, you know, I. this is where things shifted. You know, I still feel how I felt, but I can also acknowledge how you felt. Mm -hmm. That's not... That's not a, a thing to me. I don't want you to come to me because somebody else told you you're fucking up. You're wrong. That's, that's not really a... No, Pat. It's
1: not genuine, you know? It's
0: that's just, And I've been trying not to say it's not genuine because I don't want... I don't ever want to say, you know, what you're doing is not genuine. That's true. I What I will say is it's not... It's not authentically from you. There's a
1: middleman there. But um, just to add on what you were saying about the authenticity of apologies, it goes back to what you were saying about um, vulnerability. And it's something that you told me very recently within the past two or three months. And I remember this verbatim. You said, Jonathan... The people that you deal with are not as emotionally mature as you are. And that's just something that you may or may not have to deal with with, throughout your life. And when you said that, it really opened my eyes, my ears, and my heart. And it resonated fully because I expect the same level of reciprocity from people. And it took two toxic relationships and a multitude of heartbreaks to realize that I can't expect that same level of reciprocity. I can't expect that same level of vulnerability. Like, even though we might not be vulnerable in the same ways, I can't expect my partner to be like, oh, this is what's bothering me. This is how we can deal with it. Or this is how you hurt me or whatever the problem may be. And with that unequal level of reciprocity, it really does just, it causes a big divide in the relationship. Now, is that something that people can overcome? Most definitely. But again, that's that thought of potential as, oh, this person could grow.
0: They yeah, could it become. Takes
1: whether they're actually willing yeah, to put in that work to overcome whatever it is. And sometimes we have to realize that we can't... We're not going to be that person that the other person is going to grow for.
0: I don't even think it's a thing of of being the person somebody will grow for. I feel mm-hmm. like that is giving yourself a lot of credit. Um, like, just the word choice in it. Like, this person is willing to grow for me. I feel like that is
1: giving yourself a lot of credit. I feel like... Right, but that's the expectation that a lot of people have. They're like, oh, I'm with this person and i feel like they're going to change because i'm with them yeah
0: and once again i still feel like that's giving yourself a lot of credit like yeah.
1: but that's human nature you, you have, have to, to be that.
0: like i'm it's not that i'm i'm the person that this person is going to grow for or going to change for you know this person is not at a point in their life when they're ready to grow they're not mm-hmm. at a point in their life where they're ready to change you know i can sit here and give you all of the encouragement i can Plant all of the the seeds for you to grow
1: mm-hmm. or
0: for you to embellish, but in the same breath, if that's not something you're ready to do, it's not gonna happen. That's like me taking my black ass outside and putting <laughs> seeds in the soil and it's winter right now. It's it's not the season for that, you know.
1: It's that it's just not their season. And I think that's a level of maturity that a lot of people have in. You gotten to because people think oh there must be something wrong with me because this person won't do this, this this and that and it goes back to you saying that you want to credit yourself but you also can't blame yourself for the person not wanting to
0: yeah that's i feel like a lot of times we take on this this guilt mm-hmm. of I wasn't enough for them to change or I wasn't enough for them to do this or I wasn't enough for them to do that. And that's never Never really, that's never our guilt to take on. Like everybody, as cliche as the saying is, everybody that comes into your life is for a reason. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, as we said before, are mirrors of things you need to work on, you know? But I feel like instead of us looking at past situations where things didn't go how right. we wanted them to go and being like, okay, what can I take from this? What can yeah. I learn from this? It becomes a thing of like,
1: where did I go wrong? Where did Which I go wrong? Yeah,
0: yeah, like I wasn't enough for you to do this or I wanted too right. much from you. And that's, that's never really a thing. It's oh,
1: not yeah. a thing. You know, people have to learn how to turn their negatives into positives.
0: Yeah. And I feel like like i said giving yourself that that guilt fragment also pours along the lines of giving yourself that that credit you know because what what in all honesty with everything that's going on within human nature what makes you feel like you are entitled to someone to grow for you what makes you feel like you're entitled for someone to change for you? What makes you feel like you're entitled for someone to to just up and correct what's wrong
1: with them, or to put in that work? I'll and go, on, I don't, you interrupting go me. ahead. I'll go on a tangent and say that's the selfish part of human nature because. You want to be the reason for it. Well, I'll say it like this. Everyone wants to be the reason for something, if that makes sense. Like, let's say we have a humanitarian problem, right? everybody wants to be that difference for the problem. But sometimes people have to realize that you're not the solution to the problem that's in front of you. Like, Biblically speaking, let's take King David. David was the solution to the problem that King Saul had. He was the only solution, not any of David's brothers. Now, as much as David's brothers wanted to be the solution, they had to realize that's not your place. It's not your time. It's not your season. You have to realize that it's not your time. It's not your season to be in somebody's life or to be the catalyst for somebody to change. And you have to take that selfish nature out of your head and be like, okay, let me be selfless do what I have to do for myself and if that encourages that person to be better, then that's that. If not, oh well, keep pushing forward. You can't let that guilt stop you from
0: that. I feel like that's definitely a thing. Um what I was about to say was as much as it is an ego trip, yeah. To be like nobody has to change for you. Nobody has to to put in that work you nobody and it's not saying you're not worth it but people are definitely allowed to do what they need to do to grow within due time you know and it's your choice to thug it out or to you know feel like for me this isn't it this isn't working it's okay to to be like you know it's all right it's cool. You know, we gave it an effort, but this this isn't conducive to what I have or where I'm headed in this moment. And I feel like a lot of times uh, people also feel like if I walk away, then I'm giving up on someone.
1: Right.
0: And I also feel like that's another guilt trip. Like
1: It just goes back to you can't, you just cannot... You wholeheartedly cannot put it all in this one person. Like that's going to be the end. Like that potential is the end potential. You know. You think giving up on somebody is the worst thing that you can do. Giving up on somebody is probably one of the best things that you can do for yourself and for them, because it pushes not only them but it pushes you to find the greater you in yourself. I won't.
0: Sense. I won't even say. Giving up on somebody. Because giving up on somebody has a negative
1: connotation. Choosing yourself. Yeah. Now, choosing yourself, it has a, a negative connotation because people be like, oh, that's selfish. Especially in this generation. It's it's very common to think that, oh, because you put yourself first, then you put yourself on this pedestal. Which people have a problem with. People but that's not necessarily...
0: Uh, I feel like a lot of times we need to learn to separate like people choosing themselves and being selfish, because
1: exactly. people
0: people choosing themselves is so it's very, very, you know, it's conducive to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times we like to throw out the word selfish when it's mm-hmm. not conducive to us. Mm-hmm. like I wanted this, and you instead chose to do what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. so that's selfish. Oh, yeah. I feel like people have given that a negative connotation or, Giving it a manipulative connotation. Because Mm -hmm. you didn't do what I wanted to do. I'm going to make you feel bad about it. And I'm going to call you selfish. And that's selfish on their own part. That's selfish on their own part. But people also (laughs) won't get that. Of course they won't. But I feel like this generation. A lot of people. They're starting. I feel like a lot of people have a fixation on being the victim. A lot of people have a fixation on being the one who was done wrong. You know. uh, And that's. That's not a thing. Even me personally, like, I had to sit down and tell myself, like, all right, you know, everything that goes wrong is not always somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you contribute
1: to it? Oh, I had that big epiphany, too. And it took, again, those two same toxic relationships to be like, you know, despite the fact that they were toxic towards me, it's like, what could I have done for myself? You know, was I selfish enough for myself? And while I did put a lot of blame on those people, I also had to take responsibility for my own actions, for giving them that leeway to abuse my own vulnerability, to abuse my genuine niceness or whatever qualities that I had given to them. But I had to realize I couldn't just put all of the blame on them because I was also responsible. Of course.
0: I feel like that's a a very big epiphany that... When people start going through it, they're like, oh, you know, Jesus, I've, I've really been doing this, um, back to like expectations versus, you know, being very realistic in the things that you, you are going through or you are seeing, um. I feel like a lot of times we like to blindside ourselves with the good. We like to to see the good. And as long as we see the good, we're only going to look at the good. Like, that's just it. The good, the good, that's it. I see the good you're doing. I see what you can be. I see what this could be. But in the same breath, like, there's a big ass stop sign right here. And I'ma ignore it because <laughs> it's a stop sign and it's a green light. So I'ma just look at the green light the whole time. Right. You know what I'm saying? we just gonna ignore this big old red light that says,
1: nigga. Stop.
0: It. Right. We we just <laughs> we just gonna ignore that because it's a green light right here. So, you know, I feel like a lot of people a lot of people do that. I also feel like a lot of people don't take moments to be like okay going into this what are because a matter of fact um, Jelena told me something the other day Jelena was like you know when I get involved in relationships I'm I'm very honest I let them know like these are my flaws these are my flaws these are my traits these are things that I have these are problems that I have but I'm working on them that's so
1: crazy because um, the last person that I ended up really, really liking and really having a huge crush on. Um, one of the first things that she asked me about, two or three days into us talking, was, um, "What triggers you? What are your traumas like? What's hurt you the most?" And when she asked me that, I was taken aback. I was like, "Wait a right. minute!" <laughs> I was like, That's
0: "I had never." That's
1: not a common question. It's not, and it made me like sit back and realize that. Here I am talking to somebody that actually gives a shit, gives a flying fuck about what the hell I've been through. Mm -hmm. And actually wondering what's caused me to be the person that I am today. Now, despite the fact that that situation, again, my expectation, thinking that it might have gone further, despite that that expectation didn't become reality, I'm honestly grateful because it taught me that you really have to dig deep deeper, yeah. Than what you you know what you're used to, and especially with this generation, we're so used to the simple what you doing, how you doing, what you do today, like very surface questions that nobody goes below the iceberg. Nobody wants to see how you became who you who you are. Right, and that he, It even goes back to what we were talking about way before this about how people have this expectation of people that they don't know, especially celebrities. They have this whole perception of who the celebrity is. And I'll take this wild-ass example, our queen, quote-unquote Beyonce. You about to have
0: the beehive on my podcast.
1: Listen, beehive, Listen. listen, I respect Beyonce to the highest extent. I love her. I think that her most recent album was a bop, especially that joint with Burner Boy that shit was about, But people have this perception of Beyonce and while Beyonce has been very much so closeted the majority of her life people take the little snippets that she's put out especially like the most recent documentaries and they think they know the world about her and that's not the case. And I'm not about to say I know Beyonce better than y'all do because I don't. But you can't continue to have this expectation and then when Beyonce does what she does you get mad. Because she didn't do what you thought she would do. That's definitely a thing. And I think stan culture has become a huge culture because now we stand all of these celebrities that we think we know and we I wouldn't even say idolize them. Some people do idolize them but we have this big pedestal of oh I know this person so let me be like them. Let me have these expectations and when they fail it it's kind of like damn what the fuck like a strong damn what the fuck. Not
0: even not even talking about celebrities I'm gonna take a moment to just go back to in the beginning I mentioned the best expectation you can have of somebody is to be authentically themselves um and then well getting to know them and then expecting them to be authentically themselves I feel like a lot of times we I'm gonna go on a romantic aspect we we find these people and we are not attracted to them we're infatuated
1: oh yes
0: we are very much infatuated with them we're infatuated with the idea of them it it tantalizes us and then we kind of just jump forward with two feet like this is it this is where I am, and down the line, you're looking like it's not the hell I signed up for. Like, and this wasn't on the gift wrapping, right? None of this was on the and the it's,
1: manual. It's crazy because the universe will put
0: red flags right in, in front, front of your face you because you're so, but because you're <laughs> so blindsided and you're so infatuated, it's, it, You don't see it yeah. for you. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't add up to you. And I think that that's. That's absolutely crazy, you know, but it's also a wake-up call. It's very much so a wake-up call. Um, I feel like when you get to this point, I also feel like when you get to this point, like, there are two ways you can interpret it. Like, okay, this is what I thought, this is who I thought you were. This is who you are. I can be mad. And I could be like, you lied to me. You did this and you did that. Or I could take from it and be like, okay, we, I have to learn you. Mm -hmm. I did not learn you. You didn't learn me. We kind of just slid into this. And now we're both like,
1: you know. And second one takes, again, emotional maturity. Because it's not like, here we are a good 20 steps in mm-hmm. and now we have to go 22 steps back All right. and start over and a lot of people are not patient enough to actually go back and deal with that and with this generation's this generation patience is it's, it's not a virtue for us for some reason everybody wants to rush everything everybody thinks that we have a limit when from a philosophical standpoint Time is a human um, concept. It's one of those things that we put on ourselves because that's all we know. Yeah. And when we step back and reevaluate things, you will realize that that patience that you would have had for that person if you went back to relearn them, it's not that much time taken away from your life. It's really not. It's actually, if you really want to think about it from a deep perspective, you're adding more time on your life because here you are with this person. Now you have more time to love them genuinely, to be involved with them genuinely, and to just indulge them to who they are.
0: You know, I think, I also think what plays a part in that is like comparison. Like, once again, I'm 22, and have you ever just sat down and looked at the people you graduated with? Correct. Like, I have people that I graduated with that are married, some that are divorced. I have people that are on their like third child and I'm right. like, Pump the brakes. Been. I'm not ready for kids yet. And you got married, like a whole marriage. marriage. I'm like with, with I'm kids. I'm not there yet. But you feel pressured because you feel like you're late. You feel mm-hmm. like you're starting late. You know, for me, I I have, you know, gotten to a point where I've realized prior to to my most recent relationship I had never been in what was deemed as a real relationship you know maybe being emotionally involved with someone and feeling like okay this is what this is and then looking back and being like that is not what the hell was going on you know um but even like aside from that being aside from the emotional aspect like physically i I was never it wasn't a thing for me I've always been the type of person to like my own space like I want to oh, yeah. be by myself, I don't want to be up under you all the time if we together longer than two days in a row, you getting on my nerves like. You starting to blow me and it's a bit much, you know, I have I'm at a point now. I don't mind sharing my space. Mm-hmm. I don't mind spending time. I don't always need my alone time, you know, and I feel like right now at this point in my life, I'm learning to balance the two because there was I went so long, you know, wanting my own space, wanting to not be abundant to somebody. When I got that, that was what I wanted day after day, time after time, like all the time. And I feel like I'm, I'm teaching myself that there is a healthy medium. Like, there is a way to be with someone and not be codependent.
1: Oh, yeah. But
0: there's also a way to be by yourself and not completely separate yourself. You know, you have to find a healthy balance. You also have to find a healthy balance between what you expect and what realistic life create realistic expectations that's that's definitely what we should do create expectations after after getting to know someone create expectations after you see somebody not when they're just like happy go lucky create expectations after you see somebody around their friends after you see them mad after you see them at like a lowest point because you're authentically seeing them you know what i'm saying like you and it's it's i feel like it's very hard to keep a broad spectrum to just you know keep a a bird's eye view of everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: or to be like i'm going to i'm going to look at it from every angle because everybody can't do that you know um it takes growth to do that but i just i feel like that's still something that everybody has to get to you
1: know like you were saying, I'm actually very much so the opposite um, in my past. You know, I mean, questioning, can I really call these relationships now? These past two situations, um, I find myself or I found my partner to kind of always want to be up under me, mm-hmm. which at the time I didn't have a problem with because, I mean, who doesn't like being booed up? Right. And then once I was out of those situations, I enjoy my alone time. Yeah. I can literally sit on the couch and watch Netflix by myself. I can watch a series by myself. I can watch YouTube by myself. I can read a book in peace. I can do things that benefit me. And that's not to say that I always want to be alone. But instead of having that that partner time with a romantic partner, now I'm spending that time with friends, or I'm out hanging with my organization on campus, or I'm out working with my political campaign, you know, it's like you said, you have to find that balance, and I think a lot of people out there are still trying to find that balance, but I think some people are also still compromising themselves. That's another big thing out here. You can't compromise yourself for expectations, potential, or anything that you have going on. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had a conversation about compromise very recently, about a week or two ago.
0: I think we did have a conversation about compromising a week or two ago. And I think I said something along the lines of, like, there's a difference between compromising and kind of just giving in. Mm-hmm. And there's there's very much a big difference. Like, there's always a big difference between Compromising and giving in. Um, there is. We might do another
1: segment on compromising. Oh my sweet people, um, my lovely people on words with C's. Today's word is compromise. I want you all to remember that compromises are okay, but it's never okay to compromise yourself. You are an anointed beautiful human being on this earth and who are you to compromise yourself because of expectations and potential that you have for another person you have to remember to put yourself first it's okay to be selfish for yourself and don't let anybody else tell you any different
0: um i want to thank swoop for joining me today you know let the people know where they can find you
1: are you guys i am on instagram and twitter at at swoop the prophet That is at S-W-2-O-P-The-Prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. And you can also follow my brand on Twitter. It is at The Book of Swoop. That is at The Book of Swoop. And my book, Culture Talk, The Politics of Being Young and Black in America is on Amazon for $7.99. You can grab your copy and then hit me up if you'd like an autograph
0: all right and that is it we are closing out for the day thank you for joining me thank you for coming just to you know converse with me a little bit and let the people know how you feel how we think what it is and what it ain't
1: appreciate you see
0: All right. It's all love